Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, I have been preparing this season Uh, In the fall and in the holiday times, I prepare for guests that come to our house. And I am uh, always trying to think about what they might need. And as I was making up some beds, putting fresh linens on, I thought, I wonder what it feels to actually lay in this bed. Because I've never, (laughs) never really tried it out. And I thought, you know what? I need to do that because maybe I'm making someone sleep on a bed that feels like a rock or has itchy sheets or something. And I want to know if it's a comfortable place to land. And so today, God just kind of made me think about how we live our life. You know, when we are so busy and caught up in our own mode When someone walks into our space, how do we handle that? A lot of times when we are so uh, caught in in our own circumstances, we don't really empathize with how that person feels that's walking in to our space. I would love to just talk about walking in someone's shoes today. So are you okay with that? Sure. And I can tell you, you have... um three upstairs rooms that can accommodate guests. I have slept in two out of the three, and both of the ones I slept in were comfortable. So um, that should make you feel a little better. But walking in someone else's shoes, I mean, that's a great skill to have, the ability to take the perspective of the other person and imagine what something might be like from their point of view. But now shoes, I'll tell you, Lou, I, I have a little tiny foot. Um, so, uh, not only do I have a small fit, so it's hard to find a lot of shoes in my size, but I don't know what it is about my feet, but they are so super sensitive. I cannot wear most of the shoes in the shoe store. Like 90% of the shoes in the shoe store, I, I can't wear. And then I usually only like maybe 10% of the 10% that's left. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, my shoes in my closet, most of them are really quite old because it's so hard for me to find new ones that I like. So I don't know. You shouldn't talk to me about shoes. Me and shoes, we we have an adversarial relationship. <laughs> well, I can so get that because my feet are odd and, and same thing. I don't fit into things very well. But when I have an opportunity to look at someone else's life and say, okay, I want to try to imagine what it feels like. And I'll give you an example. My pastor, years ago, uh, we were working on this project that we were going to do at church, and he said, let me tell you what my normal Sunday routine is. I arrive at church at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning, and I go outside, and I walk through the doors, and I try to imagine what it would feel like if this was my very first time walking in our church. And then I walk down the aisle, and I walk into the pews, and I sit down, and I try to imagine how that would feel. And every Sunday, he does that. 
And he wants to never lose perspective of how it feels to be on the outside walking in. And man, that stuck with me, Rachel, because I think so many times we just kind of lose that perspective because we kind of get in our little our little groups and it's kind of us four and no more mentality. We don't do it on purpose, but we're comfortable with that group. And we feel like we can hang with them and we can be comfortable with them. There's nothing wrong with that, except when it makes someone brand new feel left out. And so I like to think about what does it feel like walking in the shoes of someone who's just walking into my space? Mm-hmm. That's a great practice that your pastor has, keeping him in touch with the people in the seats. Um, the longer we do something, anything, the more routine and habitual and comfortable and common it becomes to us, the easier it is for us to forget what it's like before we before this was our routine or before we knew this so well. Yeah, and when you think about it, Jesus was not a man of routine. The only thing that he did that was routine was pray and ask his father for wisdom and advice and 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 communicate with his his heavenly father. You know, it was like that was the only thing that Jesus really habitually did in a routine. Not that routines are bad, but if it if it lulls us into a state of being unaware of the pain and the people that are walking around us, then I think we need to look at how Jesus allowed people to bump into him and to mess up his agenda and his to-do list and and say, wait a minute, God, if you could do that, then I need to understand. I mean, you think about how Jesus did that. When he was on his way somewhere, how many people interrupted him? You know, they, they, they dropped people, uh, sick people down to him through the roof. They, they stopped and grabbed the hem of his garment. They were constantly wanting in his space. And what he was an expert at was saying, I, I understand the shoes that you're walking in. And I'm going to pause right now and take a minute so that you understand that I'm listening. I want to hear what you have to say. I love you. And then he always gave some kind of loving response. When we're trying to understand how to walk in someone's shoes, I think that's a good place to start. Jesus definitely, no matter where he was or what he was doing in his life, he seemed to always have the ability to have compassion when he saw others um, in need or others who were frustrated. And, you know, I love that because when, when he gave the final command to his disciples, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And when you think about what he said, he made his disciples. He always said, you will become. So he was making them and uh, helping them become disciples of what he was doing in life. And so as they watched Jesus do just those things, get interrupted, get 
get taken off track, you know, interrupt their their agenda for the day. When they watched how Jesus handled that and they were learning, they were understanding, wow, that's what compassion looks like. That's what walking in someone's shoes feels like. So then when Jesus left, it was up to them to take the baton and run and walk the same kind of life out that Jesus did. So he was telling them, hey, look around. Look at the people that are in your path and those that are interrupting you are there on purpose. There's a reason. And when we allow God to interrupt our day with people that are bumping into us, if we just say, Lord, I want to walk in their shoes. I want to react the way you did. Help me to do that because on my own right now, I'm not feeling it. Can we just be honest? There are days, Rachel, that we wake up and we don't we don't feel like it. We want to be in a cabin in the woods and we really don't have any people skills that day. <laughs> you know what? I, but if if we say, Lord, I I don't feel the compassion that I know you need me to feel today. Help me to see the people around me and react in the way you would. Because I want to know what it feels like to walk in their shoes. And I think the very first thing that Jesus always did was listen. Well, let me give you a a, a current scenario for me. Uh, very recently, our country has had um, a, a major hurricane hit Texas, the Houston area, lots of flooding, you know, lots of people's, um, you know, lives and livelihoods, you know, washed away, underwater, ruined. On uh, the heels of that, a couple of weeks later, came uh, another hurricane to hit the uh, Florida coast and and up. And then, you know, lots of people, you know, there in Florida, in the islands, again, their their homes, their their cars, their livelihoods, um, their places of business, all of that washed away. Um, a, a week or two after that, a major earthquake hits Mexico and uh, more people are killed and, and buildings come down and things are ruined. And to, to be honest, you know, my, it, to just track with me through the, each of those is when Harvey was coming towards Houston and, and hitting Houston, you know, my heart was full of compassion and I'm watching the news and I'm online and I'm looking for, you know, information of, you know, do people have power? How many are without power? You know, how much is underwater? What, you know, I wanted to know what was going on. How could I pray? How could I help? And then uh, the next hurricane pops up and it's taking um, aim at the southeast coast and that one had the potential to hit me uh, now the track it took it didn't but initially it 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 could have hit me so I had to put I put Harvey out of my mind because now my I'm in the same situation right um, mm -hmm. and then you know there's always that agonizing thing I'm sure we can all relate to if we live anywhere where there's fires or earthquakes or tornadoes there's you're always relieved when it doesn't hit you but then you know with there's a tinge of awfulness in that relief because it's hitting someone else you know um, exactly and so you know I'm dealing with those emotions and then I'm trying
trying to look, and I feel like I've been on this roller coaster, this emotional roller coaster, um, and I'm, I'm trying to look and feel for what happened in Florida, and parts of me do, but there are certain days where I'm also, also like, you know what, I'm not even looking at the news today. I'm not, I can't. I feel fresh out. I'm spent. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, so I try to donate some money to, to some organizations that will help, but I'm feeling spent. And then there's, a, you know, a Jose or another one out there in the Atlantic. And uh, and then the earthquake in Mexico comes. And then I'm thinking, how I, uh, how do I care about the earthquake in Mexico when I feel like I'm barely doing a good enough job caring about Florida and Texas? Um, and, you know, so sometimes we just feel overwhelmed you know so how do we cultivate that ability that Jesus had day in day out no matter what he was able to look and to see and to listen to have compassion and to respond I love that because you're right every single one of us does that we we start out strong and then we start to wane a little bit. We fade out because we are overwhelmed. And I believe that it's because we feel we start taking on ownership of it as if we had any control over it. And we really don't. We don't have control over any of those things that happen. We don't have control over the people that that we bump into that we're supposed to Uh, have compassion with but what we do have control over is praying and saying lord i know that you want me to reflect your light let me do that in the best way i know how the best way that you direct me to do because alone i'm gonna try i'm a fix it girl i'm gonna try to fix it all and when you when you're that person you do get overwhelmed in a hurry Rachel, I bet you're a fix-it-all girl for your kids. You want, if they're having a problem, you want to come up with a solution and fix it. Am I right? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why we feel overwhelmed as women, because we are always trying to fix the problem. And what God is telling us to do, I believe, with his example, with, when Jesus walked along the road and people would come up to him, and reach out and touch him. He was always willing to pause and take a moment and just listen. And then he offered them a solution. He offered them himself. He offered him. Uh, he offered them uh, the the guidance that they need from above. And so I think that. As we go through life, whether it's our next-door neighbor, a church member, or a a friend, or maybe a a family member that needs us to allow them to bump into our schedule. And when we have that moment happen, or maybe it's a hurricane, maybe it's a tornado, there are so many things that, that are warring for our attention. But if we just say, Lord... I need you to be my daytimer today. I need you to help me to have your eyes and your heart and your ears because I will take off trying to fix it all. And I know that's not what you've called me to do. You've called me to listen and walk in their shoes and have compassion in a way where I can really fall to my knees for them and pray and say, 
I don't have the answers for Hurricane Harvey, but I know that God does. And I know that he can send the relief. And I don't have the answers if this hurricane is going to hit me or the wildfire is getting close to my family. Lord, I don't have the answers. But what I do have is a heart of compassion. And I pray, Lord, that I won't try to fix it all. I will just try to point people to you. Mm. You know, when I was probably about 23, 24, 25 years old, um, in in that area, I got a, a terrific job at a Christian university, and um, I worked in their, their donor relations department, and my job, which when I got this job, I felt like I had, I couldn't believe people were going to pay me to do this, like I had the best job in the world, because my, my job, you know, the vast majority of my job was simply to call people who had donated money to the university in the past to thank them no matter how little amount it was, no matter how many years it had been since they had donated the money, my job was to call them, thank them for supporting the university in the past, and ask them if there was anything that I could pray with them about today. And then I would, they would tell me whatever was on their heart or their mind, or you know, and I would pray with them on the phone, and I would hang up. And then I would call the next person on the list. That was it. They were paying me to call people, thank them, and pray with them. I didn't even have to ask for money, Lou. This was awesome. But uh, it didn't take long for it to become not awesome in my eyes because all day long I would hear about different people's struggles. You know, you call someone up off the, on, on the phone and you ask them and you hear about their health problems. You hear about their wayward children. You hear about their financial problems. And so all day long I would get, you know, 25, 30 different people's problems. And as you said, I'm kind of a fix-it girl. And so I would feel for them, you know. And then I would leave work and I would come home heavy, um, burdened because I cared about these people's troubles. And I had to learn in that season of my life that if I was going to be effective at this job, I had to learn how to turn that over and trust God to handle it. I had to be able to hear it and pray with them, but I had to be able to release that to God. I couldn't carry their troubles um, not not all 30 of them every single day and 30 more tomorrow and 30 more tomorrow. So there's a there's a a skill that we need to develop in learning how to be interruptible, how to help people, um, pray for them, meet their needs, do what we can or what we're called to do, but also how to ultimately leave that at, at the foot of the cross and let God be responsible for that. Absolutely. And that is the key in all of this. As we're talking about walking in someone else's shoes today, we're not saying that, you know, you just you just stop everything you're doing and focus 100% on this person that's come to you with their need. But if we interpret every situation the way Jesus did, and we say, Lord, help me to hear what they're saying and then lift them to you and let you do the rest. I believe with all my heart that many, many, many times we have good intentions of praying and we say, I'll pray for you. And then our day happens and we don't get it done. So one of the things I've 
I started practicing years ago when someone interrupted my day and bumped into me, I would do what you were doing on the phone. I would say, how can I pray for you? And I would just stop right then, no matter what was happening, and we would just pray. Because I knew that if I waited, then I would get distracted and I would forget, and then I'd feel guilty because I didn't pray, and maybe I didn't pray soon enough, and oh goodness, their surgery's already over, and I didn't even know that they, you know, what the outcome was. So when we're walking a mile in someone's shoes, and we're saying, I want to hear you, I want to hear what you, what's on your heart, I want to know how it feels to be walking in your shoes, so tell me that, and then tell me how I can pray for you. And when we lift it to the throne, you're exactly right, Rachel, that's when we just release it. We release it, but we've done our part in allowing them to feel comfortable and safe with us. And I've got to share a story with you. This one is kind of uh, on the funny side because years ago, when we first started, 20 years ago at our church, we were brand new to town. We didn't know anyone. And I remember volunteering to help at the senior banquet because uh, my daughter was a senior. We had just moved here. So I wanted to do what I could to help. So I am trying to help put the food out. And I don't know where anything is. But I remember taking a bowl of corn and setting it on the table. And when I did, some sloshed out onto the table. Well, (laughs) the woman that was standing there on the other side gave me a look. And she said, well, clean it up. And I wanted to die. I felt like such an outsider. And I didn't know where anything was to clean it up. I went, I went into the kitchen and started looking through drawers. And honestly, I felt like crying. And I wanted to just run and not ever come back to the church. And I don't think she, well, I know she did not even realize she did that. She didn't even remember saying that because today she's one of my best friends and she actually serves at Encouragement Cafe with us. But she didn't realize that that moment, she was so used to being at the church. She had been there 20 years and she just talked to everybody like that. She was treating me like family, but she forgot what it felt like to be brand new walking in to a space that you didn't know And that's what I hope the girls around the table today hear. There are so many people walking into life, and maybe we've forgotten what it felt like. Now, Rachel, you had your dad pass away. I had my dad pass away. So it hasn't been that long ago that we've walked in those shoes. And 20 years from now, we may forget what that felt like that initial sting. But I'm asking God today to just remind us when he puts someone in our path that's walking in something brand new to them, that we'll just pause for a moment and say, Lord, help me to hear and see what they're walking in right now. Absolutely, because it's a, a fragile feeling when you're stepping into someplace new, particularly uh, a, something like a, a friendship group or a, a, a network group or a church. 
Exactly. So I'm going to leave you on a fun note today because, you know, around the Encouragement Cafe table, sometimes we're talking about serious things and sometimes we just need a good laugh. Well, Steve Martin, the comedian, had a little advice about walking in someone's shoes. He says, before you criticize a man, walk a mile in his shoes. That way, when you do criticize him, you'll be a mile away and you'll have his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it has been so much fun hanging out with you today. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.